Hello, and welcome to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur, where Hayut Yogev speaks with entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs about reaching or missing the critical point of approaching the right customer with the right message at the right time and place. The point where business success starts. And here is your host, Hayut Yogev. Rich Omis, episode 220. Hey, my listeners, this is Hayut, and I'm so happy to be here like every Monday. Ronnie Lieber, my guest today, created entrepreneurship around what he loves doing, and he says, The only limit for entrepreneurs is your own imagination. It's all about what you tell yourself, what you can and cannot do. Ronnie Leber has been able to contribute to countless award-winning events for over a decade. He has been on stage in front of more than 5 million people all over the world while working with some of the biggest brands in the world. Ronnie loves to transform others to making them shine on stage and helping them to shape their own legacy. Besides working as a legacy coach, Ronnie is a multilingual TV and event host and a keynote speaker. Ronnie Lieber, hey, what a pleasure to have you here. Hi, Hayut. I'm very happy to be with you and to be with your incredible tribe, your beautiful audience. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you are here. I just shared with our listeners what you've done until now, and I would like to ask you to share with us what are you doing and most passionate about today, and where are you heading? Right now, I'm actually I'm doing something that I love to do because uh, right now is the Euro in terms of like we are right now in 2021 and we have the European Soccer Championship right now happening. I know. My family, my son and husband are not talking about anything else now. Yeah, and, and I actually have the opportunity and the privilege for the first time to be one of the hosts and commentators and moderators on TV. And that is, uh, I love it. It's really, wow. really cool and I'm absolutely enjoying it and I'm very passionate about that. Wow, so where are you going to locate, to be located? Um, I'm in Vienna, Austria. And of course, also for our team, we are part of the Euro. So like we are there and that means I'm, I'm very excited about that. And, and of course, crossing fingers for our team. And yeah, and, and it's going to be an Austrian or it is an Austrian television station. And the, the, the match is in Austria, actually? The no, matches? this time, actually, there are no matches in Austria. They are... Uh, of this event, they are basically all over Europe for the very first time, instead of just being in one country as it has been in the past, or one or two countries in the past. Wow. So tell me a bit about that. What exactly are you going to do, and uh, what is the excitement around that? Well, I'm actually going to tell you um, that I'm going to make it a bit broader in circle, because um, some years ago, when I got done with studying at the university, hmm. in around 2008... I asked myself the question, well, what do you really want to do now? Like I studied economics and I studied sports as a hobby. Okay. But um, <laughs> I didn't really have a clear sense of what I'm going to do afterwards. I thought, well, with economics, I can do anything. But I was always interested in many things. 
But as you know, like especially as an entrepreneur, you need to have a not just an interest for something, you need to have a burning desire for something. That's right. And so I was like, okay, but what is the burning desire for me? Because just to be interested in something is great, like if you want to learn something for some time, but then you have like as soon as your thirst for knowledge in that area is is done, you're like, okay, what's next? But if you really have the deep fire inside of you, you're like, okay, I, I need to do, like, I need to know every detail and I want to go, like, go, to go on and on and on and growing in that path. And so I thought, well, I love that concept, but what is it? What is that field for me? Like, what is it that I'm really, really passionate about? Because I also thought, if I want to do something, I want to be really, really good at it. Mm. And, and, and I mean, if you're really, I was not thinking about the money at the time because I thought if you're really good at something or if you're the best or maybe even the best in the world at something, you're never, ever going to have to think about the money. You're going to find a way to monetize it. That's right. I believe and, in that. Oh, I, me too. And then I thought, well, how about you become the best in something that you're passionate about? Because that makes a lot more sense than being the best in something that you don't really care about. <laughs> That's right. And But then the next logical question was obviously, well, okay, what am I passionate about? Like, what am I like really, really passionate about? Like, burning passionate about? Like, in a way that I would do it for free, that I love it, that, that mm-hmm. it keeps me up at night, that is like, hmm, that, that it juices me. And so I thought, well, um, how am I going to find that out? So I started to ask myself questions. And I started to ask myself questions like, um, what do I love to talk about with my friends? Mm. What am I thinking about? What is what? Are, what? What do I spend money on? What do I watch on TV? What am I um, like? What do I talk about with my friends? Also, what have I already enjoyed as a kid when I was growing up? And so I kept asking myself those questions time and again, time and time and time. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, and 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 basically it took like a few months. And every time the whole, like, it circled around the same thing. That already when I was a little kid, I was passionate about events that bring the whole world together. Wow. For example, back then as a kid, like soccer World Cups or Olympic Games. I I loved that because it was like the whole world comes together and is talking about it. The whole world is like, it's totally passionate about that. Like you were just telling me about your family. Hmm. And I was the same. Like, I used to watch all the games with my dad on TV and so on. So I, I, I loved that. And, and I thought, okay, great. I know what I'm passionate about, but um, what am I going to do there? <laughs> like, I had no idea. And I think we're going to get into that a little later, how I actually started sure. that process. But so just the, the reason why I told you that story is because this means a lot to me. Like, this means a lot to me to be... Working at events or in events or also bringing this event or some events to other people, like entertaining the world and and, and being that bridge. And this is what you've been doing for the last, like, um, 12 years or 13 years? Yeah, it is true. Um, It is true, actually. Not not on TV, because TV is actually something that happened to me now now in the last months, especially due to COVID as well. Because I needed to pivot and create something new. Because uh, basically I've been working at live events. Like I had the the privilege and opportunity to work with uh, more than 5 million people live in the last 12 years on five continents. 
And I just love it. Like when you were in a stadium, the largest audience that I've had so far to entertain at one time was 120,000 people. Wow. And when you are in front of all those people and usually those events, and especially in the world of sports, but also some other events, there are a lot of emotions in it. Like it's really loaded. And and I mean, to everybody who is listening, who has ever been in a stadium, knows what kind of energy can be inside of the stadium. Like how amazing this can be, how electrifying. So what exactly are you doing there? So basically, I'm the stadium announcer oftentimes. Like I'm the, the stadium host. Wow. Person who you then see on the big screen or who you like to to engage the audience, to be the link between what's happening on the pitch and between the audience. Wow. So- and my job is basically like to, when from the moment that they enter the stadium until we started off or also during the game, like to really build it up. But from the moment they enter until it's kickoff time to have them on fire. And, and it's a beautiful, you know, it's a beautiful metaphor for everybody listening out there who is like, well, I'm not in a stadium. Like I'm not a stadium announcer. How does that apply to me? Wow. Think about it that way. I never thought of this kind of job, actually. And uh, it's me so neither. unique. Me neither. It's so unique. <laughs> so now I must hear. How did you start and what was your career path and how did you come to this uh, so unique work that you are doing? I will actually, I will tell you in a second and just to finish that, that um, metaphor, because the point is, think about it from, from, uh, from your business, whatever business you have out there. When you have a customer journey, somebody enters your world, somebody enters your store, somebody enters your website. It's the same as in the stadium. It's like taking them on a journey. It's like building them up, like to think about where are they coming from? Like what emotions do they have when they get there? What is their emotional involvement? And how do I take them to where I want them to go? And it's the same thing that we do in a stadium. By building up the energy, by building up the emotions. And I think this is the same job that every entrepreneur has to go through, the same journey, in order to take their customers on a journey. Beautiful. And so now to answer your, your other question about um, how did I get to do that? So by coming back to my original story about finding my passion. Yeah. So once I found my passion about I want to work at those events that, that really bring the whole world together. Or also, for example, if you've ever been to a concert. Sure. It's like uh, you totally feel sucked into it. You're totally there. You, you're not thinking about oh, I need, to, I need to make a phone call or write a text message or, or I have a hairdresser appointment tomorrow. You're totally there, totally present, like 100%. And I thought, that's what I want to do. Well, so I knew my why, but then I thought, well, but what are you going to do there? Yeah. Like, what? And, and it was back in 2008 when I had those thoughts. And at the same time, as a coincidence in a way, um, a professional soccer team from Vienna, they, uh, at the moment, they actually, they were looking for somebody for their youth teams, like once a month on a Saturday afternoon to, to host their, their games, like for the under 17, under 19 teams and do a bit of music, like play some music there. Okay. And so, um, through some friends who were working there, they asked me. Wow. <laughs> and I said, well, okay, yeah, sure. And, and. Like for me, that was not a job. It was just like a hobby. And, and so I, I, I remember I got 70 euros. I got paid 70 euros per game. <laughs> when, 
like back in the day, I thought, wow, I really got a good deal out of that. And <laughs> like the, the coolest thing was that I also got season tickets for the for the big guys, like for the real team. And also, I, I was invited to the Christmas party. <laughs> it's so amazing that you decided what you want to do, and suddenly this offer came to you. It's so amazing. It's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. And still back then, I didn't really like, I mean, I, I loved I loved that, but there was like 100 people, 150 people. So it was not like a huge thing. I thought, okay, that's a cool hobby. <laughs> and one year later, on the 25th of June in 2009, yeah. it was actually the day that Michael Jackson died. Oh. Yeah. So um, if, you, if you're old enough, I'm sure you remember where you were on that day. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, I remember where I was. I was actually at a uh, at a party from my from the sports university, and I was working there as a DJ. So um, at the, at the time, like if I wouldn't have been working there, I would have wanted to leave because I was just sad mm. that Michael Jackson died, who is for me like the biggest entertainer ever to have been on a stage. But to get back to, I, I was there, and then at five fifteen in the morning, I left. Like it was a long party and with me at the same time, another colleague of mine who worked at a professional ice hockey team in Vienna left as well. And, you know, I mean, it was like, like coming out of nowhere, just out of my mm. gut feeling. I asked like, hey, um, by the way, are you by any chance looking for a new stadium announcer for the, for the ice hockey team? And she's like, I have no idea, but I'll ask. Wow. And the next day she called me and he guess what? We're looking for somebody. Oh. And I was like, oh, cool. And so basically I had a few talks with the manager and he said, okay, I'll give you a chance. And, and funny enough, the first ever game, hockey game of that team that I saw live in the stadium, I was the announcer and did the music. Wow. Like it was a total Hail Mary out of like looking at it today. But then suddenly it was not just 100, 150 people like at the, at the kids' soccer games. It was like 4,000, 4,500 or whatever people there. And, and that was the first time ever back in 2009 when I thought, hey, this could be a career. I want to do more of that. I would like to do more. And then I started actually to take um, classes in that direction. Like I started to take for over a year, like a voice education, speaker's education. I started to take um, singing lessons. I started to take acting lessons. I, um, I danced competitively. I did like all kinds of things that you could do in, in terms of like expanding my, my field and really getting better at what I do. And, and so it built like in the beginning, I had no network. I didn't know anybody and I just had a dream. And so what I did was I, I was just like, okay, where would I like to work? And then I just looked up a phone number online and I, I called. I said, hey, um, I'm Ronnie, and I would like to host this event for you. And oftentimes it went to nowhere. But then there were people that were like, well, okay, um, I'll give you a chance. Well, I'll wow. give you a chance if you do this first. And I said, hey, great. Yes, I would love that. And so things were building one after another. And now, um, like looking back at that time, now I'm, I did the ice hockey actually for nine years. Yeah. I, I then uh, quit it because it just um, was so much time for me. But I still, I do now, I just had done for the last 10 years the Austrian national team. In, and I'm still doing it in, in soccer wow. as a stadium host. Um, the, the Austrian cup final, the last 11 cup finals I've done as a stadium host in soccer. 
the ATP tennis tournament in Vienna. I'm the stadium voice. The Vienna City Marathon, and also for the last few years as a, a ring announcer in boxing. So I, <laughs> I love that. It's I love to create excitement in a crowd, in an audience, just through my voice and my presence there. It's amazing. And I already want to ask you, if you have a short video of you doing that, we must put it in the show notes of this interview. Oh, absolutely. I can show you that. Yeah, it would be great. So, Ronnie, at the end of the day, or at the beginning of the day, you are an entrepreneur, and with the most unique uh, profession that I could ever think of, and I want to ask you, what would be your best advice to any entrepreneur out there? Oh, that is a great, that is a great question, and you know, especially because, as you mentioned it, that my, my profession is kind of unique. In one way, yes. And I believe that every entrepreneur has something unique about them. And and usually many entrepreneurs start or there are many entrepreneurs that started because they just love what they do and they want to create a business out of it. And what I actually had to learn was in the beginning, I just was focused on my craft. I was just focused on loving what I do and, and doing it, but not focused on building the business. So I really needed to, to pivot several times. And really focus on building my business and, and like really creating something that is sustainable and that lasts and that can hold me and my family and that is building. And so that to really also have a look at the numbers, basically, because I also work at, at um, several other events. I mean, it has grown from being a stadium announcer yeah. to also having done lots and lots of corporate events for big corporations from Coca-Cola to Samsung to T-Mobile to um, all kinds of big companies around the world. Um, at the same time, also having been a keynote speaker the last few years, and and so um, and also I'm I'm a trainer for Tony Robbins. Wow! <laughs> and and so I do work at some of of Tony Robbins's business events as well, business masteries. And there are so many people or so many entrepreneurs and business owners out there that do not know their numbers. Like you couldn't believe it. And so it's something like really you need to, in order to grow your business systematically, you need to be able to measure the things that are important because what you cannot measure, you cannot manage. Sure. And so that's something that I, that I really had to learn the hard way. And I'm telling you, it's, it's a beautiful journey. Hmm. Such an important advice. Well, you've got successes and you already heard of a few of them and I'm going to ask you about it in a minute. But now I would like to ask you, what is your biggest, most critical failure with customers? The one that affected your entrepreneurial journey the most or almost the most? Can you share that with us? Sure. I believe the biggest failure that you can have with customers is not being prepared. Is not being prepared who you're dealing with. Basically, who your audience is. And, and, and if you do not have an audience or if you believe you do not have an audience, believe me, you do. You have clients. You have customers. Like you need to know exactly who are the people that you are addressing. Who are the people that you are talking to? Who are the people that actually are going to put food on your table at the end of the day? And you need to understand if you need to know their needs and wants and desires and... Basically, also, like for me, 
I'm telling you, there have been times when I was not prepared as good as I should have been. And when you're going out there and basically you are like you're trying your best, but you're not prepared and you don't really know who you are dealing with, this might come the wrong way. Mm. Such an important lesson, I think. And um, what helped you to learn how to prepare yourself? Oh, well, um, you know, preparation is absolutely key. And I mean, I learned that I was usually somebody who who prepared the last minute. Mm. And and sometimes I still am. And I, I know that there are some people out there that are basically, I think, that, that are right now going in their head, yeah, that's me. Mm-hmm. And and some others are like, oh, my God, I could never do that. <laughs> and, and basically, I learned that if you want to achieve something important, if you want to really amount to something, if you want to create something impeccable, you need to be prepared. You need to, you really need to, hone your skills and you also need to prepare for a specific situation but let me go into that because preparation there are separate phases of preparation yeah think about it from a sports team's point of view you prepare basically you have one preparation like for the whole season for example in training camp in summer like you meet in summer you prepare for the season yeah then you have a preparation for every game like the whole week leading up to the game Mm-hmm. that's another phase of preparation and then there's a third phase of preparation it is like the, the hours and minutes leading up to the game on game day yeah and all three phases demand a different kind of preparation and so when you're looking at it for example like first of all when you are when you need to prepare yourself for the whole season like you're building your basics you're working on your skills, you're working on, on your endurance, all those kind of things, whatever they are in your field, in your area. Yeah. When you're looking at on the week, like leading up to the game, you're preparing for your next opponent, you're preparing for your next meeting, you're preparing for your next client or for a big presentation that you have in front of you. Yeah. Like you're creating all of that. And then the hours and minutes leading up on game day, that's a mental preparation that is usually something that you need to prepare on the mental side that you know that you got what it takes that it, that you know that you can do it that you are there and and you have what it takes and and you are in in the state that you need to be in order to deliver in order to convince the client in order to to be on your a game mm. love that Now I would like to ask you to tell us the story of your greatest, most significant success as a result of the right customer focus or something that you did right about approaching your customers. Huh, that's a great question too. And well, first of all, I feel really blessed that I work in a field where I, I feel many successes for me. Wow. And, and I believe it's, it's also a mindset question. Like you need to, you need to set yourself up for success. And basically, I think it's really believing in yourself and following the journey, like really always having a next step, like knowing where you want to go and then just be hungry. Mm-hmm. You need to have hunger in order to achieve something. And I'll give you an example sure. of where I was able to host 120,000 people. Wow. 
which was for me one of the most incredible events that I've ever been a part of. Obviously. <laughs> and that event was in 2019, and it was the Ineos 159 Challenge. You might not know it by that name, but you might have heard of it. Uh, for since the beginning of mankind, man have or people have always humans have always wanted to to like in the world of sports to create more to beat records to to be faster stronger farther sure and there were a lot of sound barriers that have been broken for example the first man to run 100 meters under 10 seconds yeah. or as we as many of us are aware of roger bannister who broke the four minute mile like 67 years or so ago that was the first man on the planet who ran under one mile under four minutes. And like there was basically just one barrier that was not yet broken. Yeah. And that was the marathon in under two hours. Okay. Like to run a whole marathon, a full marathon, it's um, 26.2 miles or 42.195 kilometers. So it's a lot. So basically in order to run that in, in that speed, you need to run... Uh, at a pace of 21.1 kilometers per hour wow. or uh, 13.1 miles if you are in the, in the mile system. So basically, there was an event and it was hosted in Vienna yeah. because they were looking globally like for the best spot to do it and they found a strait that was basically was in Vienna where they said, this is the perfect environment to do this. Like we need to do this there. And they did everything for that. Like they measured all of the, like all the street. They were taking, they were having set up weather stations up front. It was in fall. So what they did was uh, that the trees would not fall um, <laughs> on that like two and a half kilometer straight. They were spraying this, the, the trees, like the leaves that they wouldn't fall down. Oh. They marked the floor or actually, first of all, what they did is they poured new concrete over the whole two and a half kilometers of street. Wow. Like to really, to make it, everything smooth like nothing was left to coincidence they had one person who is the world record holder his name is Elliot Kipchoge from Kenya and this person was he was going to attempt to run the two the, the full marathon in under two hours that's why it's called the 159 challenge okay and but also he cannot do it alone so they had a whole team around it and and also they needed to have pacemakers like in those kind of races that you have people that also can run that speed uh, at least for, and they had, they were substituting them out every five kilometers. Hmm. And they had just in that, just out of the pacemakers, there were 35 guys, men. And there were 50 gold or 50 medals from Olympic Games, World Championships, and the European Championships. Like one of the pacemakers was a five time Olympic champion. Wow. Just to give you, and they were the pacemakers. Wow. Just to give an understanding of, of the value of what they did that day. And uh, when I heard a few months before the, the race, when I heard the announcement that it's going to be in Vienna, and it was the organizers, I knew the organizers because it was the same team from the Vienna City Marathon. And I called them like, hey, you know what? I'm available and I would love to do that. If you need me, I'm here. And so they were, yeah, great. And let's see. And so it worked out in the end. Wow. And I was just at the finishing, like I was the, the one who was at the finishing line, see, witnessing that. And we, since it was outdoor and there were no tickets being sold, we did not know how many people would show up. There was no Austrian participation, no Viennese, no, like it was just, 
um, foreign guys basically running around from an outside world. Yeah. And I remember that morning even, um, the whole thing started at 8.15 and I was there at 6.30. And we were like, Hope, hopefully some people are going to show up. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and so I was standing there also where I could see um, the way from the metro station coming there to us, to the finishing line. And I was standing there. And first of all, when I arrived at 6.30, the finishing area was already like full of people. Hmm. And I was like, Jesus, okay, we're not going to be alone. <laughs> and then I saw just people after people after people, masses of people streaming there. Wow. And I was so amazed. I was like, wow, this is so amazing. We as humans are so amazing because those people, they did not come there to cheer for a local hero. They right. came there for somebody that they did not know at all. But they didn't come there for them. They actually came there for themselves because they wanted to be there when history was written. They wanted to witness greatness. That's correct. And basically, the guy broke the record in 159, one hour, 59 minutes and 40 seconds. Wow. And... It was just really when I'm thinking about that, it's still goosebumps running, running through me. Like it was <laughs> so amazing. That was for sure one of the most beautiful and incredible moments that I have witnessed in my career. Wow, sounds terrific. Ali, can you recommend the best or most effective technological or digital tool that's related to customer focus, marketing, or sales? But I'm not looking for the last shiniest tool in the endless list. I'm looking for something that really serves you well and you use it in order to be better. That's a great question. And I believe, well, first of all, whatever tool you're using, the tool is only as good as you, how you use it. Sure. And... For me right now, what I'm using in my company in order to structure the communication, especially for a small entrepreneur, when you have a small team, I love to use Slack Okay. as a communication tool because um, you really can structure different areas. Even, even if you're communicating with one person about several areas, but there you can structure it and you can say, okay, this is about social media. This is about um, Google ads. This is about uh, my website. This is about and so on. Like you can really structure it. And, uh, but also another, another thing that I love, for example, is Trello. Yes. Because you can just move things around in a process. So which and one are you using? Because they're like the both. same. Both? Okay. Well, no, because, um, because Slack is, is, I'm using as a communication tool with my team in general, like to, to have it as a streamline, but Trello I'm using, um, for a different thing with, with one of my agencies that I'm working with. And it's really awesome to move several projects around and, and have them just like to say, okay, or like, for example, with this client or with this person, now let's move them in the process from A to B to C. Or like from uh, somebody that I have get, got my first interaction with, or let's say it's a leader on my homepage. And then you move them over, okay, like um, now you, they are in the email list and now you are sending them an offer and now you are... Um, and now they have declined the offer and now they have said yes or whatever it is and you can just move them around mm. and that's really really cool and also assign them on the way to somebody else Terrific. so it's it's really about whatever tool you're using it's more about creating a system that suits you and your team 
That's beautiful because what you're saying, and I love that, you're saying actually that there isn't only one way that you should learn how to use, but you should adapt it to what you need and to the way you can use it best. Exactly. And you know, one more thing actually about that, especially when you are um, somebody who is like, who has a, a small team or who is in an early, like in the early stages of, of being an entrepreneur, what I just learned in the last years was I do not need to do everything by myself. Mm-hmm. And in today's day and age, but like when I just told you about a few tools, but you know what I think is even a lot more important is asking the question of who can do this and that how do I do it? Sure. Like there is even a great book. It's called Who Not How, which is just about that. And, and in today's world of virtual assistants, this is amazing. Really, make a list of things where you say, I do not need to do them myself. And don't ask yet who is going to do them, but just make a list of something that you could outsource. And, and then find the people who, who can do it for you. It's magic. I love it. I love it because we do have virtual assistants all over. And actually asking yourself, what can I avoid doing? Without asking, okay, I will take a VA now, what should I give them? But asking yourself, what can I avoid doing? And then find the ones that should do that. It's a great advice. I love that. Only you know, there are many factors that affect one's success. However, I do believe that for each of us, there is one factor that really helps us to win. And I want to ask you, what is your one key success factor? As I mentioned before, I think there is one single factor that's going to determine of your success or not, and that is hunger. Mm-hmm. You need to have a strong why. You need to know why you're doing it. If you don't have a strong why, you're never going to get there. Like think about if you are going on a plane and you want to go from wherever you are in the world, let's say to New York. And if you're in New York, then let's say you want to go to Paris. And so that is your what, that is your goal, that is where you want to go. And the plane is your how that's going to take you there. The why, the why is the fuel that you have with you on the journey. And if you did not bring enough fuel, you're going to crash. You're never going to get to where you want to go. So it is also your responsibility to have all the fuel you need, to have the hunger, to have the why. And if you don't have it, Dig deeper. Love that. And my last question, my final question, is my mountain question. And as my listeners already know, I've been imagining this journey of entrepreneurship for years as climbing a mountain. Step after step after step, and then when you reach the peak, usually you're looking to climb a higher peak. Sometimes you need to go down. And at some point, I started to ask my guests, and that's what I'm asking you, whether you ever climbed a mountain or wished to climb a mountain, or do you have any relationships with mountains at all? And at first I meant physical mountain, literally a mountain. But today I allow anyone to take it to the metaphor as well, so feel free. Thank you for the question. And coming from Austria, Austria is a, is a alpine country. Like we're, we're in the middle of the Alps. <laughs> right. And first of all, I love mountains and I also I love skiing. I, like, I love hiking. So that is something. And that's actually, by the way, thinking about that, a great metaphor. 
because a mountain can be something really, really hard or it can be something a lot of fun. It's just the way that you utilize it. Because every challenge that you have in front of you, every mountain that you need to climb, it's all about the way you look at it. Like it can be, oh my God, this is the highest mountain I've ever seen. Oh geez. Hmm. Or it can be something where you are like, hey, this is incredible. I love the view here. I love to like to see what I can see from here. And then every, every step of the way, you're going to have a different view. And from that point, like let's say you want to go to Mount Everest which is in meters, 8,848 meters. <laughs> and when you are at 5,000 meters, you're going to have a different view than when you're at 6,000 meters and then 7,000 and so on. And so it's going to change. And at the same time, and, and you know, you don't need to go to Mount Everest. You can choose the mountain. That's the beautiful thing about being an entrepreneur. You can choose the mountain that you want to climb. <laughs> and every step of the way, you're going to have a different view and also no matter what the weather is because sometimes it's going to be stormy sometimes it's going to be rainy sometimes it's going to be icy or snowy and sometimes it's going to be sunny and beautiful hmm. it's just about appreciating every step and every part of the journey and you know, you know what's cool about it what? you can also have some fun along the way because for example who said that you just need to like climb up there and do everything by yourself you can maybe get a mule who carries you along the way for some time. Or you can ski down, you can snowboard down, or you can take a paraglider. Like you, you can do all kinds of things in a mountain. And the same thing applies to your business. It's just the only limit is in your own imagination. Is in about what you tell yourself what you can or cannot do. Wow. Ronnie, this is a great sentence to end our interview. But before we say goodbye, I want to ask you, what is the best way to connect with you for any of our listeners that would like to be in touch? Thank you for asking. Um, so first of all, go to my homepage, ronnielieber.com, or even more to ronnielieber.com slash blog, because there you will find all kinds of different pieces of advice Great. on my blog. And at the same time, also, you can look me up on facebook.com slash ronnielieber. Uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, everywhere like slash Ronnie Lieber, R-O-N-N-Y-L-E-B-E-R. And I'm happy to connect with you. I'm happy to, to also be somebody who guides you along the way, along your journey and helps you wherever I can or also be inspired and to learn from you. Hmm. Beautiful. And we will have all of these links in the show notes of this interview. Ronnie, it has been such a pleasure, really such a unique interview and so many clever advice. So thank you for that. I really enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Hayud. And thank you to everybody who has been listening. Thank you to you right now, dear listener. And wherever you are, just believe in yourself and know that it's all up to you. You control what you think, you control what you feel, and you control your own destiny. Mm. Love it. Thank you, Ronnie, so much. Take care. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And for you, our listeners, until the next time, it all goes down to this. You either reach or miss. Keep reaching your goals and vision. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to the Reach or Miss Show, the podcast for the customer-focused entrepreneur. You can find all the information, links, and resources that was mentioned at the show in our website, reachormiss.com. See you next week.